The following is a production of AW360, Advertising Week's year-round content platform for the advertising and marketing industries. AW360 features thought leadership articles, podcasts, and original video series from the best and the brightest in the industry from all around the world. For more on AW360, visit 360.advertisingweek.com. Welcome to the Sonic Truth Podcast. Pierre Bouvard is Chief Insights Officer for Westwood One, the largest audio broadcast network in America and one of the most data-forward companies we're proud to work with. Pierre spearheaded the largest automotive radio creative test ever, powered by the Veritonic platform. The goal, determine empirically whether or not the disclaimer in Tier 2 auto ads does, in fact, turn consumers off to prevent ad buyers from spending on radio. Welcome, Pierre. Great to be here. Now, before we get started, we'd like to play a little game called Putting You on the Audio Spot. We play three ads. You tell us which one you think earned the highest score for purchase intent, and to stay on topic, each ad will include a disclaimer. All right, let's hear ad number one. This year will be filled with plenty of work. Luckily, the Ram 1500 is up to the task. And right now, your local Ram dealer is working plenty hard to give you the best deal available. EPA estimated highway MPG 4x2. Actual results may vary. Total values include combined cash allowance and 3,000 Bighorn package value. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery from dealer stock by 131. Ram is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. That was pretty awesome because it, um, you know, I love the music and it's... uh, you know, it focuses on employment, working, you got a job to do. And we know that, you know, radio is the soundtrack of the American worker. So that that could be a contender. Okay. It's got a chance. All right. So let's go on to number two. The Ford year in sales event is here, and it's the best time to get into a new Ford SUV with exclusive holiday offers. Find the Ford SUV that's right for you at buyfordnow.com or at your local Ford store. All-wheel drive claim is among full-line brands offering multiple cars, pickup trucks, and utilities. Sales claim based on 2016 calendar year sales. Safety belts class is large utilities based on Ford segmentation, excluding other Ford vehicles. You know, that's a year-end clearance spot, and obviously consumers are conditioned to know, like, hey, at the end of the year, it's an awesome time to buy a car. Um, So that, you know, that's happening amidst everyone else's. So, you know, it's a time to buy. So that could could be a contender, too, given that time of year. And that was at the brand level. You know, the Ram was that that model, a specific model, and this was, like, everything at Ford. Um, So that could either make it like too generic um, or a big basket where if I'm thinking of any kind of Ford, you know, now's the time. Okay. So time sensitivity might play in there. Like kind of, all right, interesting. All right. And the final, final take, let's hear number three. No other vehicle matches the elegance and allure of the 2018 Mercedes-Benz CLA. So let's compare it to a supermodel. Supermodels have no bad side. From its diamond block grille and LED tail lamps to its eye-opening price, the CLA is attractive from any angle. Monthly lease payment is available only to qualified customers exclusively through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services at participating dealers through February 28, 2018. Some equipment described as optional. Call 1-800-344-8736 for details about costs. And- so, you know, it's interesting. Merce- we've had a mass appeal truck. We've had the entire, basically everything at Ford. And now we have a a luxury brand. And so the question is, are you going to get a mass appeal of people saying, oh yes, 
that's that's for me. I mean, it's definitely a niche. It's in the luxury segment. So it might be tough for that ad to play with the other mass appeal ones, given that there's not a huge percentage of America that could see themselves saying, for sure, that's, you know, I need a $70,000 car. Press hard, three copies. Um, so that might have a tougher time winning purchase intent. But Okay. I also had like... Was that two disclaimers at the end of that one, maybe? I'm not sure. All right. So interesting. All right. So we'll reveal the results later on in the podcast. So we'll see. Um, is, is there one that if you had to just, just to put you on the – really put you on the audio spot. On is the, there one you had to really say had the biggest – You know, I think just because it cast the widest net, the Ford one. Okay. Know, because literally every single model under the sun that they have was was – you know, for sale. So that could cast the widest net and might have generated the highest purchase intent. So tell us a little bit about the study. Like what was the impetus for the study? Why why dive into tier two auto? Why look at disclaimers? So creative is the number one sales driver. So every media mix modeling company you talk to, you talk to Nielsen, they'll tell you 60 to 70% of sales lift is due to creative. So creative is a crucial consideration um, for any brand. Many times when uh, media selection is occurring, um, we have seen radio die on the table a quick death for a couple of reasons. One is an agency or uh, the client might say, you know, my agency is more a TV agency and they're not comfortable with radio or they don't know how to do radio. So that's how radio can die a death. Other times, uh, we have heard people say, well, you know, this is an offer. This is a lease in this case um, that requires, you know, 15 seconds out of a 30 or out of a, a 60 to be disclaimer. I just don't think that feels or sounds good. Who'd want to listen to that? And we have heard uh, many people in the industry have come back and said the tier two, which is the regional dealer associations, there is a feeling among some of the dealers who get to decide that, look, you can hide the TV disclaimer in the lower third in fine print that no one will ever see. The magazines will put it in fine print on the third page. So other media have a way of putting all of that uh, disclaimer stuff in a place that you don't have to worry about people seeing, but only radio actually has to put it in the audio ad. We have not passed the regulations that say it's okay to refer the listener to the magazine ad, or it's okay to refer the listener to a website. So there is this belief that um, disclaimers make radio ads unlistenable. And like many things in radio, no one had the hard data. There's so much, uh, there's so much myth, there's so much conjecture. Um, and so we immediately called Veritonic and said, okay, no one's ever studied this. No one's actually sat down with consumers, played them ads, and tested them. So that's what got us to the table. So we picked um, regional dealer association ads from multiple brands, foreign and domestic, 60-second uh, ads. The average disclaimer length was about 16 seconds. Um, and so that's what got us to the table. And, and we tested. It was a huge sample um, and we made sure there were lots of folks in there that were, um, you know, in the market 
soon, uh, at least in the next year or in the next six months. So out of this, you know, what are the key findings? So number one was these tier two ads that had lots of disclaimers were some of the best testing radio ads in America. So not just in tier two auto, just across- Across yeah. the thousands of ads that Veritonic has tested, across you know lots of ads that we tested. So these were, because there was this myth of, oh, these sound horrible. Like who'd want to listen to this? And in reality, let's, you, you know, we just heard Ram, Mercedes, you know, they were activation ads, but they were well-produced. You had great voices, good music. So these aren't, you know, the, nobody was screaming at you. Um, so number one was these were some of the best testing radio ads in America. So that was the big head snapper. Number two was those that were in the market the ads tested even better. The purchase intent was even higher. And if you were imminently in the market, meaning the next six months, the ads tested even better and the purchase intent was even higher. So the big excitement here is that they're doing just what a tier two dealer association would hope. You have a sales event, you have a limited time offer, and the very people that you want to focus on this, those that are in the market and imminently in the market, the purchase intent went through the roof. And in fact, what we together with you guys concluded is that the for those that are in the market, the disclaimer is useful information. It's telling me what the APR is. It's telling me that there's you know, no money down. It's telling me uh, I get an awesome trade-in, or it's telling me the RAM ad had like something like $9,700 back. So the now, if you're not in the market, you might think like, oh, this is useless information. But for those that are in the market, this ad was useful. Ever wonder how the disclaimer actually gets made? Shipley Watson is senior audio producer at Studio Center a studio that specializes in commercial and post-production. Normally, we start on uh, kind of the creative end of it and getting the best performance that we can. And then uh, depending on how long that is, then we'll, we'll start speeding up the read or cutting out some script to, to make room for the disclaimer or just make the spot fit into time. As you kind of look at this, I mean, you know, when people get to the disclaimer aspect of an ad, you know, obviously there's, a, there's an obligation there. Um, is it solely for the purposes of, of legal compliance and the obligation factor, or do some people see this as a little bit of a creative opportunity as well? I would say majority of the time, it's definitely an obligation to the lawyers. Um, every so often, we will try to incorporate some of the disclaimer verbiage into the body of the script so that it's not quite so obvious, little throwaway lines here and there. Um, and a handful of times, we've actually put the disclaimer at the beginning of the commercial uh, to help the call to action be what the audience remembers at the end of the commercial so it's not obscured by the disclaimer. How much do you feel like data can, can challenge the way we've always done it? And how important do you feel that is? Well, I think it's very important. So there's a lot of things that we believe that are simply false. So I think this ad, you know, put the steely knife into the heart of um, you know, disclaimers or information in ad is bad. And, you know, au contraire, this said is they test well. And actually, for those that are in the market, it's useful. So in certain cases, data slays the myth dragon. Right. Okay. In other cases, they kind of support 
what we've sort of felt. So, for example, we did a major study with you all around award-winning creative. You know, we took the best from Khan and the best from the Mercury Awards. And what we discovered is that highly awarded creative has strong purchase intent. So you can be creative and clever and also sell. You know, and, and I think some have felt like, oh, creative awards don't sell. You know, creative awards win awards, but if you really want to sell stuff, you can't be funny. You just have to be hard sell. So um, this said, hey, creativity uh, drives purchase intent and, you know, better ads mean more purchase intent. But there's so much, I think, in radio where uh, there's no data. You know, I'll, I'll give you another one. There's a the strong belief and a lot of hard sales data that support the fact that a personality endorsement um, pulls better than a kind of pre-produced ad. So in podcasting, uh, the host read sells lots for DR advertisers. On regular radio, it, it sells lots. But I'm not aware of a study where we tested the ad among the very listeners to the show, the live read, and then we tested a pre-produced ad. So we all kind of believe this based on the sales data, but wouldn't it be great to actually have the hard data that says, yes, you get 20 more points of purchase intent when that talent reads the ad. When we think we've slayed the dragon, does that actually happen all the way through to the brand side? Well, the the data really matters if you want change to occur. So to us, the first step is you have to actually do the study. Uh, so that study was done. But do, 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 do people suddenly, you know, change their minds? Absolutely not. Because, you know, people have these shorthand ideas that allows them not to think hard about it. You know, so, oh, disclaimers don't work on radio. Boom, done. That's a simple way. So the, t <clears throat> the test is the first step. The second step is to get somebody to say, hmm, okay, well, let's test that. So, for example, uh, this female creative thing, we had a major retailer who said, all right, well, let's try it. So then what we, so what we did is in network radio, you can run different versions of ads in different parts of the country. So we took their standard mail read ad, and that ran in most of the country. And then in 16 DMAs or so, we took a female version, and then we did a kind of exposed, unexposed. So it usually leads to brand-specific research. So the generic study, you know, caused me to go, okay, and then that leads to another study for their specific brand. So if I'm looking at the steps here, I'm trying to think this through. So right, we, we have this hypothesis that something could be challenged. Mm -hmm. You are the brave person. <laughs> you go out there and you try this. You see what you get. Then you go back to the brand. And now the brand is, their interest may be peaked. Now there's some curiosity there. Then they, then they might go out and test it and then react to that information. And then things might start to change a little bit. Correct. Correct. Um, nothing. I think the thing that resonates most is when you're testing the the assets of the brand. So you know, this was a study where we had you know multiple brands, lots of different executions. But if you can come back and say, okay, we tested seven of your ads, and guess what? The female ones did just as well as the male ones. Then that really hits home. So we were blissfully unaware of what worked and how to find the right audience and how to measure. I think the last five years has been a revolution. So 
And I think what kicked it all off was the acquisition of um, Arbitron by Nielsen. So Arbitron was kind of the standalone radio audience measurement company um, that had very high quality research, but it had no purchase data. Nielsen had purchase data. So when uh, Arbitron was acquired by Nielsen, now you had kind of the best in breed audience measurement company for radio with all the purchase data. So now you could do ROI studies. And so I think that has kicked off this data revolution where now we can see, oh my gosh, look at the 10 to one ROI that radio gets overall. Um, we didn't have audio testing specialists, like here comes Veritonic, you know, here comes new companies that are just focused on audio. Um, so I think we're in a new golden age of data and insights for audio. Okay. And how does, how, how do you behave differently? What well, we've really taken on the mantle of, we're going to be the company that does the study, writes the check, but then tells people about it. So we have a blog, uh, on our website, uh, called everyone's listening. So if you go to westwoodone.com, it's the blog button is in the right-hand corner. And basically every study we have done, we put it on that blog because we want to share it with the industry and not keep it a secret. All the studies we're doing are radio studies. They're not Westwood One studies. So whether it's a sales lift study or a brand effect study or even a creative study, it's not just about Westwood. It's about radio. Because at the end of the day, what the agency or client wants to know is – is radio moving the needle, not Vendor 17? I have been um, working as a, as a voiceover actor, a VO actor, uh, or talent, if you prefer, uh, pretty much for, I guess, the past 30 years. This is Ralph Garner, voiceover artist. I've been with Studio Center for uh, almost uh, 24 years now, and um, I get called in. Um, the great bulk of what we do is uh, advertising, uh, and I happen to – some of my strengths are you know, good guy next door sound, somebody you can believe, friendly, that kind of thing, whether I'm doing um, announcers, uh, you know, straight reads, or whether I'm a character. Uh, I also do a lot of characters. We do a fair amount of – video games and uh, toys and uh, animations and things like that. So I can be called for just about anything uh, vocally and I'm always happy to serve. When you're teaching other voiceover artists or kind of uh, mentoring and, and kind of or just exercising yourself, are there, are there techniques that you use to um, kind of perfect speaking quickly and clearly at the same time, and, and and I might take some of this advice myself as as being host of this podcast. So, any any tips for speaking quickly and clearly, or, or uh, things we can do here? Have you ever noticed that most disclaimers you might have? Uh, you're selling uh, cable television, or you're selling cars, and it might be kind of energetic, like I'm speaking now. But when you get to the ad, it comes down to some assembly required. Your mileage may vary. People can't do lose money. You know that kind of deal. The, the voice kind of drops down. The reason why is even though this feels counterintuitive, when you want to go quicker, if you're emoting and really smiling and delivering things at a high energy level, there's a lot of breath that is pushed out and it actually takes longer. If you can chill out and then just operate, you know, in a speaking voice instead of a uh, projected voice, you can go a lot faster. And usually you uh, come across as a little bit uh, cleaner in your enunciation. Um, so I'll just take your advice is just to just to mellow out, <laughs> mellow out. That's good advice.
This time, we're going to put Ralph on the audio spot and see how he handles this disclaimer. Okay, Ralph, take it away. The nicest way to do it would be something like, you know, available to qualified new customers only. Price does not include a local broadcast station surcharge and other monthly charges. Activation and installation fees apply. But we may not have time for that. So what we may end up with is something like... Available to qualified new customers only. Price does not include a local broadcast station surcharge and other monthly charges. Activation and installation fees apply. Internet speed may vary and subject to a monthly usage allowance. Additional restrictions may apply. Not available in all areas. Call for more details. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah! Wow. Damn. wow. That must that must work really well at parties, maybe at the bar. <laughs> you must have a blast with that. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Scott, it's your turn. Give us what you got. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to just get this at, at a reasonable clip here. We'll see we'll see what I can do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it though. We'll see what happens. Whew. Available to qualified customers only. Price does not include local broadcast station surcharge or other monthly charges. Activation and installation fees may apply. Internet speed may vary and subject to <laughs> Subject to a monthly allowance. Additional restrictions may apply. Not all not in all areas. Call for more details. <laughs> I tried. Um, I think I need a few takes at that. Uh, it's, it's hard to be clear when you're going that fast. No, you did great. And, and you had a nice, you had a nice smile and, you know, you can hear a smile. So, you know, you're, you're tons of people can't just smile on command and you did it. So, you know, you're on your way already. All right. Well, well listen, thank you so much, uh, Ralph and Shifley for being part of the, the Sonic Truth podcast. Hey, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. So bring it back to tier two auto for a moment what what's the what are the other tier two autos of the world like what are the other areas where there's a stigma of this just doesn't work for radio um we you know we talked about male voices but is there are there other verticals like tier two auto that that people should be thinking about and that you might be thinking about yeah so pharmaceutical okay so pharma obviously has that's truly as you said a disclaimer you know bad things could happen we need to tell you and be open and honest about those things um, there is a myth that, oh, nobody wants to hear that on the radio. Um, I say otherwise. I, I think if you watch the one minute 60 in your evening news, what you realize is that what's happening in the visual has nothing to do with what the voiceover is. Because basically the visual is people gardening in slow motion. You know, people walking on the beach pointing up off camera in slow motion. Like that visual really has nothing to do with anything, right? So if you take that visual away and you basically run that same 60 on the radio, what you realize is like, it's beautiful. It says what the thing is, the disease it fixes, it tells you the the disclaimer. So I think that's an area of opportunity. Um, you know, reach is falling out of the TV plan. So it's getting harder and harder to get the reach you need with just TV. So putting radio in the plan kind of brings back some of that lost reach. So I think pharma is definitely uh, the next frontier for uh, for opportunity for radio. So now back to putting you on the audio spot. The ad with the uh, high score for purchase intent was the Ram Tenacity ad. Oh, so I said Ford. Oops. <laughs> I thought the wide net would, would, would trump. But, um, you know, that was a brand specific, right? So if that's the truck you wanted, I mean, it wasn't generic or covering so many models. And uh, it, it kind of, um, it talked about work if you have a lot of work to do. So that really kind of inspired, you know, people to feel like, yes, I can be more productive. So, but I will also say that the money back, I think it was 
like $9,700. Or there was a big number of money back, which was a lot of change. So that, that I think, could have driven the, uh, the pop in the, uh, in the purchase intent. So, so in hindsight, offering people money back in the disclaimer, that, that gets purchase intent really high. <laughs> gets <laughs> Big money. <laughs> That's it. Just get, offer people money and, and you'll have higher purchase yes. intent. M- money talks, no one walks. Exactly. Well, listen, thank you so much, Pierre. We really enjoyed the conversation and uh, hope to have you back again soon. Thanks for having me. Listening to a podcast production of AW360, the year-round content destination from Advertising Week. Visit AW360 at 360.advertisingweek.com and be sure to check out the other AW360 podcasts now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Producers on this podcast are Jack Hirschman and Richard Larson, with music provided by Audio Network. For more information on Advertising Week, the world's largest gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology leaders, now in six markets across the globe, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Advertising Week.